0: Hello everybody, this is your usual party host of Link to the Cast, Dave Ryan here. Just a word of welcome to what is in many ways our season finale episode for 2017, the Game of the Year Deliberations here at linktothecast.eu. Just dropping in to let you know kind of uh, how these are going to phase out. So we're dropping part one today on the 28th, part two is coming along then on the 30th, and part three, the final part of Game of the Year, will drop on New Year's Day hopefully. Uh, Up on the show today we're going to be talking the Konami Corner Award, The Disappointment of the Year, Best Looking Game, and Old Game of the Year. Uh, So you have that to look forward to. After the game of the year is over with, we'll be taking a little bit of a break for about two weeks. Come back the second week of January with a new link to the cast. A regular show, our our usual weekly hijinks, uh, myself and Mark. Um, But in the meantime, we're probably going to use that kind of two-week period uh, to drop a pilot for a new... Uh, kind of semi-regular show I'm going to be doing with a uh, friend of the show, Jack Lazell. So you have that to look forward to. But anyway, <clears throat> seeing as it is our uh, season finale, there's only one song that I can think of uh, to get things underway. So enjoy the first of three parts of Link to the Cast Game of the Year 2017 Celebrations.
1: To get a glimpse beyond
2: this illusion
0: Hello everybody, it's your friends from linktothecast.eu here back for another year of our Game of the Year Spectacular. I am joined this year by the esteemed panel of Mark Robinson. Mark, how are you?
3: I'm fine, as usual. No technical hitches, no issues. Nope. We're just raring know, to go.
0: Don't know what you're talking about. No, no. Uh, speaking of technical issues, the technical wizard that is Jack LaZelle. Jack, how are you? <laughs>
2: I'm alright, mate. I'm not at all in any way <laughs> enraged by anything related to any technology problems.
0: Technology and, ra- <laughs> and rounding out the panel, of course, we have Barry Murphy. Barry, how are you?
1: Oh, that's too bad. I'm not I'm not enraged by technology. I'm a little congested, but that's that's
2: alright. <laughs> yeah. You know. What, with a certain technology. Element. Is there technology in you right now? Well uh, I, I can't say I can't say more.
0: I've been on a few podcasts before where there have been a range of technical issues and I've just kind of sat back and, and had to be kind of like just hope that they'd fix it. There was one time where I think myself and one Alan Forel had to spend about an hour and a half over Skype trying to figure out why his microphone wasn't working.
2: <laughs> yeah, but Alan records with a fucking Campbell's tomato soup can and some string. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, this is when, you see, I gave him, we have three of the blue snowball mics here and his old recorder broke uh, and then it was yeah it was really my mistake for not coming over and showing him how to use the microphone um and then like it's one of those things where trying to explain it when you're not in the room with somebody is much more difficult
3: he, he still I, re- remain upbeat and jovial about the whole situation
0: of, cu- of course he did. Adam, but anyway that's not what we're here for we're here to talk about video games and this is the part one of the the game of the year spectacular where we run down the best and worst of 2017 in video games um just to kind of uh, go through the criteria, this is how we we decide on um, who's in the categories and things like that. Um, we have the, the nominating panel this year, so to speak, was the four of us and also friends of the show, uh, Ben Kavanaugh and Oliver Craig. Uh, Each person was allowed 10 nominations per category from those lists. Uh, Nominations were sifted down into shortlists of 10 with the exception of Game of the Year, which is kind of any game that got nominated that uh, applied for Game of the Year 2017 did make it to the final list. Games receiving multiple nominations automatically shortlisted the remaining slots on the list, awarded as fairly as possible to kind of passion projects or uh, one of the kind of uh, objective contenders for the award. In deciding the winners, when we go through the categories here on the panel, we're going to take it in turn to strike a game off the list until we arrive at a winner. Uh, Members of the panel can contest a strike. So if I try to get rid of game X, Jack could interject and say, well, no, I don't want game X off, off the list. Why don't we knock game Y off the list instead? And it goes on like that until we come down to one game, which will be the winner, uh, In the ex- with the exception of Game of the Year, in which we'll try and get a top three in order. Uh, because it's a panel of four as well this year, uh, in every category except Game of the Year, if we can't get past a deadlock, we're kind of willing to award joint winners like we did last year in a couple of categories. Um Yeah, so before we get going here, uh, just go around the panel, and like we we talked off-air about how we've played a lot of games this year, maybe a lot more than we thought uh, when we finally looked at this list here, but um, if I were to ask each one of you for a game uh, that you wish you'd gotten to this year, that you just didn't have time to, or maybe you you just got a look at but ran out of time before we started these uh, discussions, we'll shoot to Barry.
1: The one that jumps out at me that I did not get to was Cuphead, unfortunately, and I've I've been agonizing and trying to make time because I want to play it co-op with my with my roommate, but we just have not made time for it. Uh, that that's uh, a real kick in the pants because I I know I'm gonna love it. I, I've loved everything I've seen of it. So yeah, didn't didn't get to that. Also, I I only got I I didn't even get to a single ending in beer. Uh, but that was less to do with not having time and more to do with not having the desire. But uh, just yeah, I, just to preface future near conversations, I did not get to any of the key endings. Mm. Uh, and I and I do before the end of this year, I, I probably will try and power through. But for for this for this show, I I have not finished that game in its entirety.
0: Mark, what what do you kind of wish you'd gotten round to or uh,
1: probably
0: the
3: one that was recommended to me by a friend of the show Peter Willington, and that was Yakuza Zero because. Oh. Yeah. uh that game looks all sorts of bananas and uh yeah that that off the top of my head um like i feel like i would have wanted to play horizon if i hadn't played breath of the Wild first because i feel like breath of the Wild has kind of changed me in the way that i look at open world games and i could feel like there's a lot about
0: horizon that will annoy me not because it's bad but just because of what yeah. breath of the Wild did so uh, i think as well yeah. as we'll probably get into those games coming out within about a week and a half of each other was a killer
3: (laughs) yeah yeah but definitely Um, I think is is my one
0: for me I think it's probably Hellblade Senua's Sacrifice it's a game that kind of came out of nowhere for me wasn't really following uh, in the lead up to release I think that's the same for a lot of people and then I started hearing the great things about the the story of the game and how it deals with mental illness and things like that and screenshots of the game it looks gorgeous and I was also kind of been used by some of the people one of the the drawbacks people have said about it is the the kind of puzzle mechanic that's going on and I'm quite a fan of puzzle games so I I was quite intrigued by that little package but as we kind of said there was so much, I think that's going to be the theme of the show once we get past the negative categories is that there was so much good stuff this year that it's kind of excusable if people haven't uh, necessarily gotten to everything Uh, Jack, what about you?
2: Yeah mate, so there's there's two main games uh, Resident Evil seven i didn't actually get around to having a look at which i've heard is like bone shatteringly terrifying uh and (laughs) i don't know that intense is a word that sort of game isn't normally top of my list for that reason i think um it kind of makes it pretty you know difficult for me to to get involved in it if i'm just going to be sitting there like shit you would join mark in
0: you would join Mark usually in the no thanks to the spooky times sort of club.
2: No, I wouldn't join him in that because I normally just find it hilarious. But like, if it's a yeah. game, I'm like, oh, I, I don't know. I just find it as a bit of a drag. I'm like, oh, great, I'm going to jump. Or like, I'll look into a room and I'm like, I know there's something like stuck to the ceiling or a gimmick's going <laughs> to come out of the floor and grab my leg. And I know it's coming, but it's still going to make me jump because I don't think I'm susceptible to not being made jump by stuff. That's the only thing yeah. that gets me of horror. Like none of the psychological elements, none of the demons or any of that stuff. Like that stuff just is blocked out by my imagination of knowing it doesn't exist. But <laughs> I still jump, yeah. and I don't want to be jumping repeatedly. And I think Resident <laughs> Evil Seven is a bit like that, isn't it?
0: You're one of those people that doesn't jump and scream. You jump, and you're like a oh, son of a bitch because you're like they got me again. Exactly. I'm scared. Yeah, it's like yeah. an
2: affront. I take it as a as a personal affront. <laughs> Um and the other one, Dave, that you've mentioned in the last few weeks, um, is the fractured butthole uh South yeah. Park game. I, I just didn't get didn't get into just because of where it came in the year really. So I don't really mm. have much of an excuse with Seven aside from yeah, not wanting to jump like a and, wimpy bastard. And, but fractured butthole. And was really came long out. as well, that one. Yeah. But a fractured butthole came out and it was just in a sea of just awesome games. And unfortunately, it kind of was swept away with the tide of that sea for a little bit. I'm sure I'll play it, but I reckon I'm going to grab it when it's cheaper. I didn't fancy playing like full market value for it at the time.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well, with that said now, let's uh, get underway and talk about our uh, awards for the year. And as always, we start off with kind of the the few black spots on the year in gaming. And the first is the prestigious Konami Corner Award for Ineptitude in Video Games, a much beloved award on the show the last two years with the previous winners in 2015, Konami in general. And in 2016, Oculus Rift, because Palmer Cannon was a or Palmer Lucky was a fascist. Not Palmer Cannon, Cannon. <laughs> talk about a slip. There's <laughs> a slip. There's a reference. Palmer Lucky was a racist, and the other guy was a pedophile. Um, so I'll read out our category, nominees for this category, and then I'll, I'll I'll get the ball rolling. We'll start knocking games off here. So the nominees are PewDiePie is a racist now, father. Uh, Star Wars 2 Battlefront is the mother of all loot box fires Alex Maurer's DMCA Firestorm The Switch voice chat situation WB attempting to profit from the memorial of a dead man Notch, just in general The Switch tax Uh, Nick Robinson is a massive creep Colin Moriarty sets his entire career on fire Is exiled from the games industry And becomes a half-assed Milo on Twitter And the Neogaff dude is also a creep um, so to start knocking things off, uh let's go to Barry
1: yeah, great category uh lots to choose from uh, it's you know it's a great year for games um just tons of options uh I'm gonna go with uh notch to be taken off this um he had some dumb tweets, he has some bad takes. Uh, I find it, I do, before, I mean, obviously eliminating this, I do want to say that I do find it profoundly disappointing that this guy who created this, like, life-enhancing thing for, like, a generation of kids is the way he is, Um, but I don't know that he has done anything especially worse. Pretty bad, but relevant to what we've already known about him being a a, a sort of uh, a nose in the air sort of centrist douchebag, just being the the, the absolute kind of uh, uh, worst in that regard. Um, I don't know that he's done anything especially new, and I don't know that I don't know that 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 him just being a bit of a dickhead kind of weighs up against some of the other stuff we got going on on this list. Uh, yeah. So I I would say that that would be a fairly fairly easy one to get rid of early.
3: The thing right. I'll say with Notch as well is that a it, it just comes across as more pathetic than anything else, and I think yes. as well that like if he was still in charge of Minecraft, that'd be one thing. But he's far enough removed out of it, and like unlike someone else in this category, he's not as much of like a kind of cultural influencer to younger people. Um, so like out of because there's two here that are kind of similar, him and PewDiePie. in in the general, well, it's tweets. Uh, And he's just more... PewDiePie is worse out of the two for a number of reasons. So I I would agree with Barry on this.
2: Yeah, I'll just pick up. I think Barry's best point there was it's the fact that he is partially or fully responsible for the creation of something that is, like, defining for, like, a whole generation of kids. And that is the rough part. So it's kind of like... You know, I'm a big fan of the band Brand New, and I found out loads of horrible stuff about the lead singer of Brand New, Jesse Lacey. And, like, I haven't been able to listen to Brand New for a few months now. Now, I know I'll probably get back round to it, but, like, you find something out about the guy that made Minecraft, and it kind of puts you off the idea of, like, playing Minecraft or whatever, if if that's your bag. So I kind of feel like this is there just for those guys that played it uh, quite a lot and are now just like, ah. that's kind of tainted it a little bit for me yeah
0: well we struck it off and the one final point I want to make uh, that kind of like harps on what what Barry and Jack both said there is that I think one of the things that characterised the year um, and there's a couple of more stories here on this list that, that amplify that is that we've had to ask ourselves like within any sort of online community any sort of community that appreciates a popular form of entertainment this year we, we've really had to ask ourselves a question on, on where some lines are drawn um, like with, with all some of these stories that are that are coming out whether it's notch or it's the sexual assault allegations um, anything like that um, we've had to decide what does what effect does that horrible horrible, uh irredeemable sort of situation. What effect does that have on the the art we consume? Uh is it still acceptable for us to enjoy the game produced by the man who turned out to be a massive shit heap? Um is it okay for us to enjoy films that involved Kevin Spacey or someone like that or that had been produced by Harvey Weinstein? Where is uh, our line it's a very difficult argument to have and it's not one that we're going to have on this show, but it's <laughs> no. it's definitely uh, there's a flavor to this award this year that is very much we we've had there's some difficult conversations have been had throughout the year and it'd be kind of if we didn't at least acknowledge that that would be um kind of remiss of us. But uh notch is off the list anyway. Uh I'm gonna go next and I'm gonna take the switch tax off. Um, this is the the notion that um, kind of throughout the year there's been a bunch of ports coming to the Switch. Um, by the time this podcast drops, we'll have done a, a little special Christmas week special just talking about Nintendo's 2017. But one of the... The black marks on the record was that we were getting a lot of uh, cool ports of different games um, coming to the Switch this year. But there was this what became dubbed as the Switch tax, which is for some reason there was just an, an arbitrary five, ten quid put on the the price of these games, presumably for the, the cost of porting it over to the Switch, especially when people were unsure of whether this console would, would kick off with the, the success it has done um so unless anyone has any arguments there i'm I'm gonna take the switch tax off because again much like we said but notch. it's in another year maybe you could see it finishing higher um but we had a particularly egregious year
3: i i Uh, I don't think that's like ineptitude i feel that's just kind of standard business practices when you've got a new platform and it's a bit of a risk reward you know if it works out and so Hopefully, over the next year or so, that will start to calm down as the switch is now, you know, with, with 10 million sales. And that's going to clearly, you know, keep rising. Hopefully, that will start to, to turn around a little bit. But um, yeah, seeing like Doom come out for 60 quid for a game that's over a year and a bit old uh, was a bit unfortunate for a game that also isn't going to run at like the full capacity as it does on PC or, or PlayStation or Xbox. I feel like. Um, but yeah, I don't know if it's not an in, attitude.
2: I feel like there's another name for the Switch tax. I feel like it should be called the portability tax. Because I think (laughs) kind of the the way you would look at it or justify it if you're in I'm not saying this is an excuse, but if you're a Nintendo executive, it's like, hey, you, you love Skyrim, right? Well, now you can play it on the go. Hey, you, you love Doom. You can play it on the go. So it's kind of... The only thing that makes it a little bit forgivable is like, oh, it's okay. I've got all these awesome games. It's like maybe 20 quid more or something, but yeah. I can it's... now play it on an airplane, which that yeah. is a little bit cool, but it's an unnecessary addition when it yeah. could be like, if they put it like in between the two prices, the two extremes, they'd probably sell more copies and generate more yeah. revenue, I would say. But hey. I'm not doing Nintendo's business, and uh, I think the people that are doing it are doing it just fine right now. So, what are you (laughs) going to say?
0: We'll go to Jack.
2: Okay, uh, just continue along the Switch theme, I guess. I want to take Switch chat off, um, which is probably what I would have taken off first. Um, It's not good. Um, It's patchy it's awkward that you've got to be on one thing and be on another thing if you want to talk to people during a game it's something that nintendo haven't really got right uh in terms of getting parties of people together and being able to do multiplayer it's not been particularly smooth for them at any stage uh, and it's something they have to work on but i mean it was a beta and it wasn't a particularly good one but it's still not fully finished and they have kind of improved it but I think the the misstep on their part was launching it where it was, um, and where it was wasn't good enough for it really to be launched. But I know they kind of wanted it out with Splatoon 2 didn't they? And that was kind of the deal. Yeah. So, yeah, um, it's it's kind of below par, but it's not egregious, I don't think.
3: I, I'll only yeah, con- I'll only contest this on the on the basis that like a lot of um, these nominations we have aren't so much ineptitude, more just these are just awful fucking people and these are awful fucking situations. Mm. Like this one does kind of fall into the the essence of what I would describe as a company being a bit inept with something because like this is Nintendo. they they've done, you know, some really good things. They're very clever people. This shouldn't be that difficult of a thing to do. And I get the the whole thing and you know Nintendo have always been the ones when it comes to online safety and security i get that i can appreciate that for a console that is more family focused and orientated but it shouldn't be as difficult as they made it be to do online chat to the degree that i took one look at it and just went i'm not even gonna bother because it's just not fucking worth it so i'll only contest to that degree obviously there are nominations here which are far worse yeah than- yeah <laughs> uh but i do feel even that-
0: even with an the scope of classic ineptitude by a developer, there is one that stands out.
3: <laughs> yeah, but I feel that this definitely kind of has that essence of what this award yeah. stands for. Yeah. So, yeah.
0: But I, I still won't, you know, fight. Yeah. In terms Hon- of, honorable uh, mensch. Uh,
3: very much an honorable mention
0: or dishonorable. Who knows? Okay. Uh, Mark, speaking of you, uh, uh, you
3: uh, I will off. take off Colin Moriarty Sets His Career on Fire because that's great. That's hilarious.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: um. So. The the best way to sum this up, for those of you who don't know, Colin Moriarty was a former uh, editor at IGN, went off with uh, Greg Miller, Nick Scarpino, and Tim Geddes formed Kind of Funny. They're kind of like not quite games journalism, more games enthusiast press, uh, set up their own Patreon, stuff like that, were massively successful uh, around the start of this year. Um, he led out uh, a tweet that could best be described as horrendously sexist that very quickly, uh, resulted in a series of apologies from the company, but not from him. Crucially, um, him getting fired from his own company, um, or as he would put it, get bought out. Uh, then he started his own kind of, um, Patreon where he just spouts shit about whatever he feels like, um insisting that he didn't need video games or anything like that. And then he caps off a stellar year of awful takes on the internet and being buried left, right and center by people who used to work with him. Um, and like I, my, one of my favorite things is like people who used to work closely with him saying he was an awful fucking person the entire time whereas then you would get people who had never met him who knew nothing of him only they listened to podcasts they enjoyed that he was on going no you're, you must be wrong person who knows him <laughs> uh, I very much enjoy that but then he caps off his year saying that he didn't need video games anymore and he was sick of video games by announcing that he's returning to cover video games on his Patreon because I don't know maybe <laughs> (laughs) The money is drying up a little bit. Yeah, possibly. (laughs) Did you not think a little
2: bit like he swerved into this persona? Like he made this misstep, this terrible tweet. It got out there. And it was like, after it was kind of bought out, do you think he was just a bit like, right, well, now what I'm going to do is ride the controversy wave. I'm going to have my Um... show where I talk about stuff. I'm going to be an absolute twat. And I'm going to attract attention, positive and negative, and that will garner more attention for me. And then, as you've quite rightly pointed out, Dave, he's saying all this stuff. And then it came down to the brass tacks of, oh, yeah, you can't actually ride a wave of controversy to the rest of your career. So he's kind of, with his tail between his legs, realised, like... Right, I'm all out of that stuff now. I'm just gonna have to go back to the thing that people enjoyed me doing in the first place. Yeah,
0: I think I think the problem was like when he was at IGN, he couldn't talk on podcast about anything but games and stuff yeah. that was actually directly related to games. He they broke off into kind of funny. Uh, and at first, it, the reins seemed to be fairly tightly on him. Like you knew from the YouTube stuff, like he was a libertarian and things like that, but. As time goes on, because I like I'm I, I would describe myself as a fan of Greg Miller, um, and like as time went on, I would notice, and as I started getting more and more sick of their stuff, was when Colin started going off on one every like a second topic on their podcast it used to be about politics and things like that. And they were just giving him free reign to do whatever he wanted. And it all kind of culminated in this, that like you give him enough rope and like he was, al- he was always going to do this. This was always going to happen. He was always going to get himself in trouble like this. Eventually it was never going to end well. Um, and you know, it, it's good that the guys are going from strength to strength with their thing that they weren't tarnished too much with this um like obviously they deserve some of the blame for like not addressing a very problematic element of their business from day one but um yeah he's off now in a little corner in the bin where he deserves to be and hopefully we don't really <laughs> hear much from again barry you haven't really weighed in on colin is there anything else you want to say before we move on
1: no, i think i think you guys nailed it yeah you know i yeah. i Kind of liked him for a while, I think, I think partly because they had kind of reined him in. And I think he started getting a little eye rolly at points, and he always kind of tried to portray himself as the voice of reason. But, like, you know, that was not always the case. And yeah, I, I don't think his departure is any real loss to the industry.
0: No, absolutely not. Um, so that's everybody has knocked off one. We'll start again with you, Barry.
1: Okay. Hmm. Getting that brass tacks here. Yeah.
0: This is this, this is where we're going into the legitimate incompetence slash actual crimes section of the award. Yeah,
1: I've got I've got two on the chopping block here. I think both of them will eventually go. Which one will I go for first? I'm gonna go for the Warner Brothers uh, charity. Uh, I guess not charity. The 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 DLC memorial for one of the developers of. Uh, Shadow of of War, yeah, which was a character they they put out as DLC, memorializing one of their teammates who died.
0: He was the, the director of the first game, I believe.
1: Right, right, and it was you know quite a nice gesture. But what was it? They charged for it, was it? And they, they said charged. Before...
0: They charged five dollars, um, right. for it. And then when they were pres- pressured about it, they said, "Oh, part of it is going towards charity." And it turned out that maybe I think two dollars of it was going to charity, and the rest was going to WB's coffers.
2: God. could he not at least give some <laughs> to the guy's family like like he
0: died sake. he died tragically of cancer like a long battle and this was yeah and like it was made very clear that the, the team developing it were like horrendously uncomfortable with it but it was a decision that was above their pay grade
2: this is a testament I, I to the trash <laughs> fire this year is that i'm now remembering all this as you're describing it i'd block this one out I, so I feel like happened. there's
3: there's an overarching story about just publishers um, and, you know, it's not a new thing, but certainly with some of the things this year uh, between WB, certainly between EA, about just implementing shit into a game that does not need to be there, that, you know, detracts from the work that the actual developers who put the insane hours into making games. Uh, I, I feel like there's a real kind of overarching story there. Yeah. Um, and like for me, I would probably have this in in the top three just because it, it's just it's such a fucking unnecessary thing that like th- there was the whole loot box thing. Then you add this on top of it, and you know this was the game that won Game of the Year for a lot of people a couple of years ago. Yeah, and the build up for this one wasn't about the fact that oh look, it's the sequel to the Game of the Year. It's look how fucking awful they're doing all these things to this yeah, game that yeah. you probably hopefully still like. Um,
2: Do you think if we had an award for the um, most disgusting promotional tactic, it would probably win it?
0: <laughs> the, the, it yeah, yeah, possibly. Um, I, I think this stays off the list uh, just because I, I think that it, it, against some of these other things, it doesn't win. But it is like it, it, on again most years, this would be a very strong uh, competitor to, to yeah, win. I feel like thing.
3: we said that about a bunch of categories last year as well. <sighs>
0: Yeah, yeah there was a, there was a lot of bad shit last year as well. Right, it's been um, been a
2: Rough couple of years.
0: Um, so, Jack.
2: Oh God, it's um, getting
0: it's getting down
2: to it. Let's go, Alex Mauer. Like, yeah that that was the yeah. one that,
1: that I was considering uh, uh, as well. Yeah. yeah. yeah.
2: Okay, you're the, a, you're an absolute dick. You know, you're trying to get all these videos idiot. taken down and. You know, the, the, you go in for for a game because you've got the music for it. Or I just, it, it, it's unbelievably ridiculously fucking stupid and just shows a level of arrogance um, that is quite frankly terrifying that some people act and behave this way. Quite similar to what happened with Jim Sterling and, and the company actually eventually suing him um, for digital homicide. Like But, like, if you see, yeah, digital homicide. So if you see the digital homicide situation, you see this situation. They both ended up in court cases, and both of those court cases have pretty much blown out the other person from the water. So Alex Maurer, it's kind of like one of them situations where you see someone pop up and you're like, oh, you're, you're not going to win. And then they don't win. You know how a lot of people mm-hmm. thought about yeah. Trump? <laughs> but he yeah. proved them wrong. <laughs> except, so, with,
0: except with the correct ending.
2: Yeah, except with the correct ending. So I, I think Mao was just like had essentially the name dragged like, so, through the mud and um, tried to take a few people down. Was an absolute dick, but was unsuccessful in making a huge dent other than just causing a lot of it, like really just irritating uh, situations in people's lives who are creating content on youtube and making games
0: yeah <sighs> right okay <That's laughs> i me, don't man. envy
2: your choice here mate
0: uh-huh. so what we're left with is we have one that's very much like as mark keeps kind of uh, coming back to is very much in the original spirit of the award and then three that are more in what the award became last year, when the amount of sh- like shit heap people in the industry increased uh, compared to the amount of ineptitude. Um, so I'd probably keep the one that's in the spirit of the award on, um, just because I think maybe that should be the the final two should be a discussion between one of the legit horrible people and the legit inept uh, developer. Uh, situation, so that leaves me with PewDiePie, Nick Robinson, and Neo Gaff Dude, um,
2: <laughs>
0: and that's a real tough one. Um, like it probably blew up the hugest of the three stories, but my initial instinct of those three would have been to knock PewDiePie off, uh, sure. and my ra- my rationale behind that is that racism is terrible it's an unforgivable thing um but to my knowledge at least no one was profoundly psychologically or physically harmed by him uh being a stupid racist um he was just being a stupid racist um and like the the kind of the the there are a lot of knock-on effects that we could talk about here about how, like, he has a very influential position over young people, and it is utterly reprehensible to repeat uh, the language he used and uh, things like that with such a like a impressionable audience, and then also, of course, how he handles. Uh, any criticism isn't at all like we've covered it on the show many times when uh publications come after him for x y or z that he just makes it worse um yeah. he he but like the three or four times serious things have happened to him he's immediately done the right thing by uh submitting an apology but he can't just leave it on an apology he keeps going and makes the situation worse for himself and makes the apology seem less sincere <laughs> in hindsight yeah um but I uh, like of the the two actual horrible other people that are left on the list, I, I think he's the one um that I would be inclined to get rid of unless anyone wants to fight me on that.
1: Uh I think I think I think it's a good one to get rid of. I think it's a tough final couple we had here. I do also want to say though that that, that uh Pie being a <laughs> shithead also gave us one of the biggest kind of DMCA clusterfucks of the year, which was like Campo Santo, uh, oh like yeah. Saying, we're not, you know. Let's let's take action against, uh, you know, people like this who <sighs> shouldn't be leading our industry. Which is like, yes, okay, I agree. And they're like, we're gonna DMCA all his videos that have our content. And I'm like, well, no, don't like abuse that.
0: So disappointing. Like sh-
1: like that shitty system that we all agree yeah. we hate. Yeah. Like that, and, and and you know, that's that's not really like. It's not on PewDiePie because that's on Campo Santo, but it also kind of is on him because people, you know, people react that way towards him because he is the industry leader and they expect him to do better. Yeah,
0: Um, People were kind of, they didn't know what else they could do in that moment. And that seemed like a thing where they could get results quickly. And it was, yeah, it was incredibly disappointing because Campo Santo are like a real bright light in the industry with a lot of the, like the, the kind of philosophies they have in game development and things like that. And I love firewatch and I'm really excited for in the Valley of gods and things like that. And it was a, yeah, it was a very disappointing moment from them. Yeah. Very silly. Um, okay. Mark. Damn um, three. All
1: right.
3: So from what I remember of the two situations, um, the, the Nick Robinson situation was more based on like him, sliding into dms and being a creep in that regards if i'm
0: correct Uh, as far as i recall there was no actual accusation of assault or attempted assault um it was definitely there were more victims because you don't need to actually threaten to physically assault someone to have a profound negative effect on their life obviously uh but even though there were more victims, they, I, I suppose if you're, if you're going to try and eliminate one of them, what he's being accused of is, is less severe.
3: Yeah. So on that process of elimination, which I have to pick a form of elimination, that is what I want to go yeah. on. I, I will uh, take uh, Nick also Robinson over
0: the knee, dude. Yeah. Also, I think as well, uh, Nick Robinson was a more cut and dry situation where uh, in as much as he immediately, like um, almost immediately lost his job and was exiled from pretty much the entire industry. Uh, whereas this other guy who who will get on to pretty much just he he locked up Neogaf and uh, so far has skirted all responsibility. Yeah, and also
3: yeah, and I and now this is not me defending Nick Robinson because like a, a non apology apology is still not really an apology, but mm. like there was no doubling down on well that person is a liar or that person has mental issues, which you know adds to the whole Neogaf situation. Like yeah. he. Just was like, yeah, okay, this happened and, and off you went. So uh, I think just from the whole fallout of the situations, the scenarios as well, I, I, I do think that that is the the less egregious, the, just the, the the less worse of the two situations. So I think uh, the Nick Robinson situation goes and uh, yeah, we keep Neogath out of the two, but they're both obviously both awful. So, okay.
0: so now we're down to two and what I'll do is I'll just cast a vote just to sum over the last two that are left it's the Neo-Ga- NeoGAF dude being a creep so we talked about how um, again like Skirtle responsibility um, is, is alleged to have um, with a former female friend to have hopped in the shower and attempted to engage some sort of sexual activity with her when she had uh, not consented to such while she was I believe hungover and vomiting um, yeah
1: is, that story was extremely weird
0: uh, extremely harrowing and like people drudged up like this guy also had like a history of very very dicey uh, opinions on, on women and a lot of anecdotes came out about that guy um, and then the that's kind of the the, the the shit heap person subsection of this and then the other side is a kind of like as Mark said in the spirit of the original award which is Star Wars Battlefront 2 um, which I i think we're not going to understand for a while how much of an impact they that might have on the loot box trend um because certainly i don't i don't know how much or how little you agree um when this was at its at its peak it really was threatening to topple the house of cards it it looked really bad because there was communities uh, in other games that have some sort of loot boxing or similar that were starting to kick up a fuss um and now we, we won't know until some games that were starting development around in this time start to come out uh, whether it's made people gun shy on the, the proclivity of, of loot boxes. But we've talked about it many, many weeks in a row on the show, so we don't need to really refresh people on what was been happening in, in Battlefront. So that's the vote. Uh, I'll come around and and everybody cast your vote. Which one is the winner rather than which one is getting struck off? Um, So Barry, your winner in this category or loser, as the case may be.
1: Oh, It's super tough because it's like the NeoGAF guy. Obviously, that feels very apt for the year that it's been. Mm. Um, To go with the Star Wars thing almost feels kind of flippant in the sense that it's like, you know, uh, you instinctively want to say, "Oh well," then you know the NeoGAF thing is the more damning thing of the industry. But I think they're both damning for different reasons. Yeah, um, I think they're,
0: I'm. They're, I'm one. One, one, one is one, damning of the character of people in the industry, and one is damning of like the avarice of the industry.
1: And it's like you know, I also feel like. AAA gaming is just this runaway freight train in a bad idea that's like getting just like shaking and, and feels like it's going to come off the rails at any moment with the way budgets are like spiraling out of control and people just are, can't make their money back unless they're the absolute biggest games of the year and so they have to put all this crap in there. I'm, I mean, I'm one of these people who's just like, I just don't like any loot box in the game. I don't like that we've, that part of the culture of games now is that we just accept um, that that most games when you buy something in them you're 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 buying a chance at an item you want rather than just buying the item you want. I, I, I don't know how we've come to the point where we where we accept that as, as appropriate. Um and and of course not only I I was already annoyed at that, but EA just EA has to take already bad ideas and just just completely just smush them into the ground and, and ruin them for everyone. They also got like the most downvoted comment in Reddit history, which is the most EA thing ever to achieve
0: Something like um, so, somewhere over six hundred thousand dislikes, I think it was.
1: Yeah, it's just ridiculous. Like they are the most stereotypically um, uh, uh, bad company that people love to hate um, ever. And this is also also you know this all this is going down around the time they closed Visceral as well. So just another another banner a year for them. But <laughs> so as much as all that stuff bothers me, I I really struggle to get past the Neo stuff and all. I mean all his comments, all the guys' comments about the state of of the woman after that story came out, were just really dreadful and, and really, um, uh, really just kind of indicative of the kind of people we need to get away from in the industry. So I, I think the winner of the, of the category, I.e. the, 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 the winner of the Konami award is, is going to be the, uh, the neo gaff guy. Jack.
2: Yeah. I kind of echo all of those sentiments, really. It's just very, very difficult to get over actual physical sexual assault. Mm-hmm. Especially the way this years have gone, uh, EA is probably the biggest negative video game industry story I can think of for quite a few years now. Like it's crossed over into an insane mainstream level to the point where, like, when when, s- when it's
0: so bad that it's on BBC uh, news, that's that's when you know.
2: <laughs> yeah. Exactly. And I saw an article on BBC earlier, guys, like literally today, about gambling for skins in Counter-Strike. Would (laughs) that article have been there pre the EA situation? My guess is probably not, but I think that is kind of media's way of, of really getting to the bottom of this story. So just in terms of opening a can of worms, it's like... It's blown a can of worms open and put napalm on them all and the worms are crawling towards everybody in the video game industry. (laughs) And everyone's frantically trying to blow out the fire from the edge of their developers. Um, So there's that. But then this NeoGAF guy is a truly disgusting individual and he deserves this award.
0: Okay, so that's two for that. Mark?
2: Um, EA managed to get
3: the country of Belgium to ban the concepts or look into banning the concepts of loot boxes
0: and imagine it made a guy who seemed like a fairly chill uh chilled out hawaiian representative uh to get really angry and make very bad star wars references in a yeah. press conference
3: um like this whole because you know loot boxes has just been a thing that's been happening now for a while in um in triple games but this was done on such an egregious level. Uh, and the backlash was such that you know this could—it's it, still to be determined. Like what the 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 consequences of this will be. But you know the fact that there was the the talk of well shit if we can get them to turn around on some of the practices they have with um, Battlefront Two. What about um, uh, like ultimate uh, the ultimate football team uh, thing in FIFA or like the fact that. They're using this. They're going to be using this in UFC as well. So, I, I think that, that this is is massive, and I think that it's you know really that case of just the publisher being that little bit too greedy and one of that uh, just a little bit too much. And uh, I I can't look past that. Um, okay. And so, you know, right? Okay, I'm the one here that's picking bad publishing uh, uh, choices made. Uh, over this whole situation with with the NierGaf guy, uh, um, and, and the one that has to be in that position, I guess. Um, as as all, and you know, I'm not taking away how awful uh, the the situation is, but just as uh, ineptitude as a whole, and as a company, and EA have, you know, made many mistakes in the past, and you'd think they'd learn at some point, but it, it just doesn't seem to be the case for them. So I'm
0: going with EA. Cool. Um, I I think the fair thing to do here, given the discussion, given the fact that everybody seems a bit torn, but has to come down uh, on some sort of way, would be to uh, oh, throw my vote with the EA situation so that we have a tie and thus award the award to both.
1: You know
3: what? We really should remember remember next year to have five people on this, so we actually. No, well, have.
0: this this is why I set up the the tiebreaker scenario. So uh, I I think. Like we both agree that both of these situations, in different ways, are, are earn our our scorn. So I, I think the best way to to do this is to throw my vote with EA and therefore declare that the joint winners of the Konami Corner Award for an episode in Video Games for 2017 are the creepy neo gaff dude and Star Wars Battlefront Two. Moving on now to Disappointment of the Year. This was a category that we introduced last year with the winner aptly being No Man's Sky. Um, The nominees this year are Middle Earth, Shadow of War, Ukulele, Prey, Near Automata, Tekken 7, WWE 2K18, Danger Zone, and Mass Effect Andromeda. I'm going to start off here. Um, this time, and I am going to say, because I put it on here, um, I'm going to eliminate Mass Effect Andromeda.
1: Whoa! Uh, yeah. Slow down there, Dave. Uh,
0: okay, okay.
1: Now, I did not play Mass Effect Andromeda.
0: I, so I played I, a little bit.
1: So, I... People could correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like in the spirit... I actually thought... I'm surprised you said that, I thought that might win. Because hmm. it's like the, the the caliber of what people want from that name versus what yeah. people ultimately got. I mean, I just, I liked, I, I'm very much in the camp that Mass Effect 2 is one of the all-time great games. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I, I never envisioned that the reboot of Mass Effect would come around and I would just pass on the game because of everything I saw to do with it. Yeah. Um, you know, so I I... I thought that would be a, I thought there's some yeah, more obvious well, things to kick off rather than that
0: well, I, I'll, I'll put it this way. I'll, we'll, we'll keep it on we'll, we'll keep it okay. on I, I'll go for a second because I think in, to explain my thing is I put it on here and I knew I, I, I was probably the only one of the fours who'd played it and for me I think the 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 hype leading up to it or or lack thereof in some cases uh, combined with the, the kind of sour taste a lot of people had for uh, Mass Effect 3 in a lot of ways, particularly the ending of Mass Effect 3, um, yeah. I think had set the bar relatively low for me. So I don't think I was as disappointed as most people. Whereas there mm. are a couple of these things that genuinely disappointed me personally. But I, I do take on board what you've said there, Barry, and I w- will uh, offer you a, a, an alternate here. Um, mm. And let's say... I'm going to strike maybe, and if, I don't, if my second strike doesn't work with the panel here, I'm going to just pass on to somebody else. Uh, we'll go with Near Automata to knock off the list. Uh, <laughs> nope, No, the reason I will say this, Mark, because uh, if it's the most profoundly disappointing game of the year, you wouldn't have nominated it for best music. Uh, no, so, no, no,
1: no, no, no! Uh, Hang on now. What I'm kind sorry. of logic is that? Hang <laughs> that on I'm just that saying, is, that is if cool it excels
0: in some sort of way, there is some enjoyment to be derived from it. Um, but it's
1: not worst game. It's not worst game. That's it's that's, disappointing true. Game. that's true. That's um, true. I di- I didn't put this on here, but I this is a weird one because I feel like it it, it was kind of. Pre-release, it was kind of relatively tame. I was like, oh, Yoko Taro's making a new game. He's a funny little weird guy. Oh, Platinum's making a new game. They're, they make good games. I feel like th- this isn't so much on the PR for the game, but so much for the, the fan. Uh, it's very much a, a gamer. Uh, they, they're they the ones who built it up, you know, the community yeah. and, and all yeah. that. I, I've, I have never been more confuddled by the, by the uh, um, adoration of a game than okay. for this one, okay. um, I feel like we stopped Dave twice. But honestly, I you've you know you, you've caught you've caught me on the back foot with both those picks. Well, honestly. well, do you know
0: what, Barry? That's what the system is set up for to, to stop things like this from happening. That is just more my my own personal flavour colouring things rather than the 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 collect will of the panel here so i've yep. taken two swings at it i will uh stand away from the batter's cage for a while then and then i'll come back with my hatchet later um we'll move on to jack
2: by the way how is um battlefront 2 not on this list uh
0: because i don't think any one of the four of us was really looking forward to battlefront 2 all that much <laughs> yeah i mean fair enough and, uh, and i played battlefront 1 quite a bit
2: <laughs> yeah I mean, it's a good point. But it it still should be mentioned. So this is me mentioning yeah. it. Um, <laughs> I'm going that, to yeah. take... Because I played it for a little bit um, uh, around someone's. And I kind of had relative fun with it. Although I did go and um, see that they've also added a mode in the past that has made me really happy. I want to take Tekken 7 off here. Because I don't think it was... I mean, what do you want from a Tekken game? It kind of, it was what I thought it was going to be, which is like a high tech, Mm. really good looking Tekken game. Um, It maybe felt a little bit clunky, but I don't think it was a disappointment. Maybe it's because I don't have a particularly high expectation and I enjoy the heck out of Tekken Ball mode. I'm sorry. I am that guy. It's me. I like Tekken Ball. (laughs)
3: me so I, I think i put second seven on here I, I think like yeah i think it was me that put it on here and like yeah, i platinumed right. it in about four days um but like the combat the actual mechanics it, it's still tekken it's still one of my favorite fighting games it the the story mode is is utter bollocks uh it, it's one of the worst implementations <laughs> i've seen of a story mode in a fighting game um, you don't really I mean, to the a been. story though do you really well you kind of want to see who's going to get thrown into a volcano this time you know you, there is at least that um, <laughs> as it matters like, no yeah <laughs> and like the online mode wasn't working for the first couple of days but it did finally come on so yeah it wasn't so much a disappointment in the way that it controls and like King does have his Akado outfit and kind of a rainmaker so I guess that makes up for it so yeah this can go off
0: cool Okay, so we're getting rid of take that, Dave Ryan. Seven.
1: Yeah, taken. I think. I think there there was. I do think it was good, but disappointing because, like, uh, even though no one comes to it for the story, I still think there there was potential for them to have fun with their goofy, wacky story. Yeah, Um, and it was just, it was just awful. I mean, it was just absolutely dreadful story. The the voice acting and just everything. It was just.
2: abysmal so guys, it's like I we've gone back to the days
3: of, it, it, we've gone back to the days of japanese developers not hiring actually any western actors to do the voice acting so they just do it themselves yeah and it's just the most fucking amazing thing in the worst ways possible uh mark what are you going to strike off uh, surely 2k18 because we didn't get anything more than we was expecting surely that's that's what i was no. like i was going Fuck i was 2K18. going to say that
0: like because that was that was going to be my third swing um was going to be that like I, it's bad but i at this point what else do we expect from the WWE 2 k series <laughs> oh, no, no.
2: Uh, oh, this and i is know right i know in some ways me.
0: yeah in some ways this was more profoundly fucked than um previous iterations under the 2k banner um but yeah the, this for me is the one to go just because even when they were like just boring or like just eh, games there were years where I would be at least tempted to buy them if I didn't buy them this year I haven't even been remotely tempted to buy this game Um, because right. of kind of once bitten twice shy sort of thing
2: can you let me um, cut a promo on it
0: <laughs> you can you, you have your piece here you give, we'll give you the floor for a minute here to uh, as I unless you argue with me Um, I'm going to strike it off here
2: I've got a few reasons as to why I think this needs to stay on just a little bit longer right for a start when it came out it was the the glitches were outrageous mate i've not seen glitches (laughs) that bad in in any wwe game previously people uh, were sliding down corridors
0: of the gif of a couch putting john cena in an ankle lock was oh yeah (laughs) good
2: stuff yeah i I mean come on now (laughs) if that's if that's not worthy of staying on this list a little bit longer then i really don't know what is um, the my career my mode, whole thing
0: about that is just that it's it's always awful.
2: Yeah, but the career so the career mode, right? The career mode is abysmal. The writing in it is terrible. And here is what I think the kicker is, right? This is unfortunately going to be remembered partially as the year of the loot box, right? So this game has loot boxes, but they're not microtransaction loot boxes. But what they do is they lock away elements of create-a-wrestler content. For a start, when you create a wrestler, when you first buy the game as new, you can only make a male wrestler. I mean, really? Really? And after a while, you think, maybe I want to add a new theme song or I want to add it. But you have to use the loot box system, which is obtained from in-game currency, which means you have to slog through fucking terrible storyline after terrible storyline to unlock maybe the thing you want but maybe not and like in other games like the what's the most fun part about other like games of WWE is that like you can make your own character you can create yourself or your favourite indie wrestler or whatever and just chuck them into the game straight away yeah. and maybe play a career if you want or go online but to not be able to create a wrestler the way you want and have to be a male in career mode like really yeah. I, I just I think that deserves uh, a little bit more on the disappointment uh, scale uh, but only three i'm happy to be here's out-loaded.
3: the thing here's the thing my counter kicker is none of this disappoints me or surprises me it's it's yeah. exactly yeah. what i would expect from 2018 yeah. like I definitely, respect, is, I, I
0: definitely respect i definitely no respect your yours i definitely respect your side of things jack and i know it's a particularly egregious version of that but like the last three years of 2k games had sullied their reputation to me enough that i literally expected nothing if i if i had bought that game on day one i opened the box and there was no disc in it i would say that's about right
2: i mean (laughs) you know that's
0: that's that's how that's how low the floor was for me and it definitely is worthy of being on this list but seeing as it's not an ordered list i don't see this winning so we might as well get rid yeah. of it now i sure
2: but i feel like i needed that minute or two to yeah. bury it fucking six it, feet deep it, for all of the it, shit it, it, that it did
0: it absolutely deserves it my friend uh 2k18 is off the list has everybody had a go now or no barry you haven't
1: i have not yeah yeah right um, hatch it away Alrighty, uh, I'm going to cut a game off here that I was disappointed right. by. I think it belongs on this list, but I, I, I don't know that it's a a, a winner. Uh, Danger Zone kind of sucks. I'm continually disappointed and frustrated that those folks just can't... What are they? Are they two trees? Is that them? Mm-hmm. Three fields. Uh, so close. Three fields. That was it. Two trees. God damn it. <laughs> um, Five uh, gold of
0: Yeah, I've just <laughs> got
1: Kenny the, looking at me now. <laughs> the uh, 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 burnout games. They made dangerous golf, which was like a bit of a dud. And then they, and I was like, we're making a, a game that's just crash mode on its own. Which, first of all, is like my least favorite part of Burnout. I like the racing; that's what I like. But I was like, hey, this is the start. And then it came out, and it's just this really boring, sterile, like what, like maybe ninety-minute-long thing. Um, it was a massive disappointment. At at its core, there was a there was a little bit of burnout in there. It. it didn't play terribly but it was a massive disappointment and i i i don't want to shout at these indie developers to just make a burnout game like it's just that easy but i i, I just want them to make a burnout game like yeah. a proper one
2: yeah.
1: um, and all these and it's, weird, weird it, other projects just aren't landed for me at all I,
3: yeah, it's, it's not that danger easy zone, but can
0: it really be that hard
3: I, I think with danger zone is it was such it was barely a blip on the radar that it just there, there was no impact there really. Um, like I saw, I think I saw the first trailer and was like, Nah, that, Nah, nah I'm not feeling it. So I'm certainly in agreement that um, I would love a Burnout game. I'd love it if we had some form of criterion to, to go and do that, but it's not going to happen. Um, and you know, that part of my childhood is now locked away. And every now and again, I'll do a podcast about it. But yeah, I, I don't think it's that disappointing in, in the long run.
2: Yeah, I'll, um, I'll back up those viewpoints. I would absolutely. Do you know what, though, Barry? If this had been a full burnout game that they announced and it was this, then that would be winning this award, and I wouldn't even hear any argument for any that, other game. That, that, oh, it's yeah, a, no. a fair, fair, comment. A fair yeah. comment. Um
3: a
0: fair comment. Okay, has everybody knocked one off apart from me? Uh, I think so, yeah. Yeah, okay, cool. Back to me. So uh, I might go for Prey because my problem with Prey and why I put it on disappointment with the year and, and disappointment of the year, and we'll talk about it later. I won't get into depth on it now. But that game uh, starts so unbelievably strong. Uh, it has mm-hmm. one of the best openings to a game I've played this year or maybe the last couple of years. Um, and the problem with it then is that pretty much the... my. It, the curve of my enjoyment just slopes down continuously for the rest of the game to the point where I wasn't even bothered finishing it in the end. Um, and that's what disappointed it to me. But um, like I said, just maybe based on the fact that the opening was so strong and still sticks with me, and the fact that like it was, it, it's definitely a, a playable game. It's just that what I was in it for receded further and further into the background uh, as I went on. But it was more of a personal disappointment rather than a kind of objective disappointment thing. So I'll nix prey from here unless anyone wants to fight me on it. Do
2: you know what? It, no. I I looked at some of the parts of that game dave um and i don't know if you agree with this but it kind of looked like that film passengers
0: uh yeah a little bit in some ways it was kind of like um it was trying to be system shock based on the set of passengers
2: <laughs> yeah so it's kind of like when andy garcia emerges from his sleep and he walks out and sees like an atrium full of plants on a spaceship and i saw that and i was like oh cool and then like it's prey and yeah that I, from what i've read of it did, did it have obnoxious sound design Dave? Because I've got notes on all these games and one of the notes on Prey was obnoxious <laughs> sound design
0: uh, It's pervasive shall we say my my ears did not get much rest we'll say um, but yeah we'll, we'll strike that off the list uh, we're back around to Barry Oh are we? Uh, it gets, wow re- okay. It gets really tough
1: It does yeah and I, I'm kind of uh, in the territory of some stuff I didn't play here Okay.
0: Um, You you can pass if you want.
1: No, I want to... Let me see.
0: Or take a swing. See what happens. See if you annoy anyone.
2: So (laughs) I... Go on. I was going to say, I know the one that's going to annoy Dave because no one's mentioned it so far.
1: (laughs) Uh... So I when Dave said Mass Effect I I objected. What what do you, uh, Mark and, what, what do you guys what do you guys think of of uh, Mass Effect on this?
3: See, I'm not qualified enough because I don't care for Mass Effects at all anyway, so I yeah, I, I
2: don't really have an opinion. Yeah, same as yeah, Mark really.
1: I, I, okay, I didn't I, so it, it seems like Dave is the only one who even bothered to play it. Um yeah. so I guess I guess if you know, if he thinks it doesn't stand here as a, as a
0: uh, it'd it'd uh, be weird if I tried to strike it first, and now I tried to fight you on it.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's but it's like I feel like you know I was I was playing a kind of devil's advocate based on the fact that I like Mass Effect and yeah. was so turned off by this I didn't play no, it. Fair, fair. Um, I think that is, I think that was damning, but at the end of the day, I, I'm not going to fight for to win this tournament when I didn't play it. That would that would be okay. fair. So go
0: cool. next, Mark.
3: I'm gonna throw ukulele into the mix and see what we think now I didn't play ukulele Yeah, um, but from everything that I read from everything you told me about it it was just uh, yeah it's alright like there was nothing that I got from it where anyone seemed profoundly disappointed by it mm. it was just a yeah it's, it's, it's one of those collect games it's okay
0: I had fun well, with it. Put it this way of the three that are left on this list one is one that I was fought on, and the other one sticks out like a sore fucking thumb. Um, so I, I'm fine with ukulele going. Yep. Okay.
2: I I heard that like a lot of it was quite confusing, Dave. Like the puzzles and stuff.
0: It's it's very um, it's like it's very uh, busy all the time. Like it's trying to do a hundred different things all the time. It's one of those ones where you go to the pause menu where it throws up the totals of everything you have in the game and your head would be spinning. Um I think its biggest sin is that it's trying to be an homage to the collectathon platformer but it doesn't itself have a clear vision of what it wants to be as a game apart from hey remember this cool thing in Banjo-Kazooie.
2: Yeah, I was um, going to say like the the Banjo-Kazooie Donkey Kong like developer connection. I think would probably be, and this is why I thought this would be your passion project on here would be the most disappointing nope. element for you because <laughs> I know how much you'd love those games
0: yeah, 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 I definitely do, and it it is disappointing, but i wouldn 't say it 's as disappointing as the other thing that I put on this list um so we are round to me again, is it oh,
3: yeah, yeah, are we going to have this scrap then because I presume that you Put on Middle Earth, and then I would have put on Near, and I guess Barry probably put on Near as well, by the sounds of it. I, I
1: actually, I, I don't think I, I think I put on both of these. I think, yeah, I think I so, did. I can't remember. I, I, I aggressively dislike Near, and I thought Shadow of War was your, was you know our last two options. If that wasn't clear, um, I thought it was fine and more of the same. Uh, it just now hit me, by the way, that we probably could have included this in the in the loot box for ore as well earlier. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, this the re- the main reason I found this to be a, a, a contender for disappointing is because it's such a fall from grace from 2014, where yeah. this thing kind of out of nowhere blew off yeah. and just kind of burst on the scene. Whereas this, it was just like we, you know, we that system you liked and we added more uh, depth to it so it's like now there's even more uh, you know orcs on the trot at one time and they have even more stats and even more yeah. characteristics and there's 10 more menus for for us to navigate and then i kind of realized it made me think actually that first game had had just the right balance of that stuff yeah. um they they doubled down in it in in a way that i feel like was ambitious and mm-hmm. I feel like they probably read the reviews for the first game and said, hey, people like this Nemesis stuff, let's 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 ram it home and let's do it even bigger this time. And I think that's a perfectly understandable and reasonable direction for them to go. But in execution, I found like I was far too bogged down in menus and stats yeah. and the, um, the simple fun of just here's a guy who doesn't like fire, go fight him with Batman combat. Yeah. You know, the, the simple novelty of the game was kind of lost with it. And um, so it, it was a pretty big disappointment. I thought.
0: Yeah, I'll, I'll say my piece, and then we'll just go to a vote because we've kind of said, uh, or I'll give I'll give Mark like thirty seconds to a minute on on near after this, um, if he wants it. But uh, I, I yeah, have
3: a few things to say,
0: kind of to to echo what Barry said. Um, my thing on on near automata was that it, it was a game that um, grew out of word of mouth. Me- out that everyone was saying it was really good I didn't think it was going to be my type of game it turned out not to be and and on top of that as well I didn't see what people could see in it so it's definitely disappointing it's definitely worthy uh, of being on this list uh, but for me, Middle of Middle Earth Shadow of War came from, like Barry said, three years ago, this was one of, if not the game of the year. If it didn't win game of the year at a particular website, it was coming close to winning it. And they took a system that was perfect, that was not broken, and they broke it and they unbalanced it and they weighed it down with complications. It didn't need um, a story mode that would somehow manage to take the kind of like... Uh, cringy fan service that some of the story was in the first game and just make it just abysmally so in this one um, the the kind of ways they tried to uh, the, like the, the final part of that game where you're just defending fortresses over and over again and it's basically the game trying to bully you into getting loot boxes because there are uh, like particularly tough orcs you can get to defend your your fortresses in the loot boxes that put a bad taste in my mouth as did the whole storm around it with the dlc with the dead man and the um, just yet yeah, the, the whole loot box of it all so what this went from thing. being like this was literally if we had had an award last year for like the game we're most looking forward to in 2017 this would have been my the game I was looking forward to most because of how fucking good that first one is, and it just broke my heart um it it took an well like i I picked it back up to play it a little bit before we um did this I uh, did a couple of weeks ago, and I just like it literally took effort going right fuck's sake, I'm gonna have to play this a little bit now, and that's a game that I was even after I platinumed it, I wanted more the first one. Um, so, such a fall from grace. I think that characterizes disappointment uh, if more than anything else on this list for me personally. But Mark, talk about Nier.
3: I came into Nier off of the back of reading people saying that it's the best game they've ever played. It's their favorite game. It's definitely their game of 2017. I am a fan of Platinum Games. I love me a hack and slash. Um, and I came out of this experience with with this game profoundly disappointed and yes i have put this game in for the best score because the music is fucking exceptional but the combat is mundane the boss fights are somehow even though it's a hack and slash it like it programs you that oh i just need to stand from afar and just fire at these things but they're all the bosses are bullet sponges so all the boss fights are just boring um the story is all over the place like, it's trying to do this kind of um, memento thing, I think, and, like, I, I'm probably... Like, Barry, are you okay with me spoiling the shit out of this for you?
1: Yeah, I don't care. It's has gone. Yeah.
3: Good. <laughs> so you play through the game three times. The second playthrough is, like, the first playthrough, but from the perspective of another character, but there's not actually that much extra pr- pr- perspective given, and that character's combat isn't that much different, so you're just playing the same fucking game again. Um, and so, after about another six hours, you finally get like the last bit of the game, and it's it just I don't see it. The combat isn't interesting enough to make the the time playing it worthwhile. Um, yeah, like it, it does have some kind of things that it speaks about with with AI and you, when is beyond human and all that kind of nonsense, um, but it it tackles it in you know pretty much the way you'd expect a video game to tackle those kinds of subjects. Um, it's just, I just don't see how some people think this is the game of the year at all. Um, I see, I see where you're coming from, Dave, in terms of here's a game that, uh, is coming the back off the back of one of your favorite games from that particular year. Um, and you can make an argument about what is more disappointing the first time you're playing a game or a sequel to a game that was your favorite game. Um, for me, I mean, I haven't played Middle-Earth, I didn't really like the first, so I'm not qualified enough to say Near is my disappointing game of the year, and then, yeah, I'll leave it to the vote from there.
2: I have one more thing to say, yeah. and I can't believe you didn't mention it, Dave, but are you a fan of the Lord of the Rings books? <laughs> yes. Okay, so, the fact She-Lub. that... Yes. Shelob <laughs> is a sexy lady. is a giant fucking spider that is extremely pivotal, right? At the end of the Two Towers... There's a big battle, like Gollum's plan to win his ring back, he leads um Frodo and Sam into the Shelob's lair and there's a big fight. And it's a really important scene and for some god fucking ridiculous reason they decide to turn Shelob into a sexy lady who kind of looks a little bit like um Kate Blanchard in the new four film, I think, as Hella. <laughs> and it's just like, what are you doing? Why is that a thing? Yeah. And for that for that blatant disrespect to the the whole kind of narrative of lord of the rings i am voting for this fucking game to get fucked okay. uh, if you take all the loot boxes <laughs> and everything else away from it this isn't a stipulation. if pit. it
0: wins it gets fucked um yeah right so we will go to the vote that jack has clearly set out his stall here and i'm gonna vote alongside him middle earth shadow of war for me disappointment of the year uh barry Ooh, it's tough. I I, I agree well, I, with an awful lot. I I assume. Sorry, I'll go to Mark first because we know what Mark's is going to be because you're probably the one that's torn. So, Mark, just to confirm, what are you yeah, voting it's, for to win this? Nia, for me. Okay, Barry. <laughs> uh,
1: I'm I am I am pretty torn. I agree with a lot of what Mark said. I also feel it's not just my main my main complaint is the gameplay with Nier. Um, I think it's very unsatisfying, and, and it's really basic. And so, all the all the things people are praising, like oh, the, the the plug-in chips, the way you customize your characters, like yeah, I don't have to engage with any of that because it's not tough to play the game. You know, uh, I also feel like again, I am about eight or so hours in. I'm probably just before ending a. Um, uh, I have not found any of the dialogue or any of the character moments. I have not found it in any way stimulating or interesting or any kind of new twist on on the pre-existing sci-fi AI, you know, commentaries that we've had for the last 40 years. Um so yeah, with all that said though um I, I've been convinced by the arguments of, of, of the other two lads. I think these are both worthy winners, but I, 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 I'm very on board with, with Mordor as a, a, or whatever the fuck it's called. I can't even remember its name. It's got a, it's, that's the thing. It's got a stupid name, all right? <laughs> the, the, the consistent name for the series is it should have Mordor in the title. That's what everyone called the first game. The, you know, Middle Earth being the brand title is... Middle Earth Shadow of being the consistent brand title for this is dumb, uh but yeah, that's the game that I'm I'm voting for here. I, I, I think okay. it's uh I I also think the story is like profound somehow worse than the already not good one from the first game. Yeah. Uh I'm okay. I'm fine with
0: that winning this. Okay. So your, dis- to your disappointment of the year is Middle Earth Shadow of War. Moving on now to Best Looking Game, which was the award we formerly called uh, the prettiest game. Uh, the winner in 2015, The Order 1886, which is the only award that had a damn shot of winning. Uh, and 2016 was joint winners of Overwatch and Hyper Light Drifter. The uh, nominees in this category are Horizon Zero Dawn, Wolfenstein 2, The New Colossus, Super Mario Odyssey. Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild, Resident Evil 7, Biohazard, Night in the Woods, Cuphead, Gran Turismo Sport, Hellblade Senua's Sacrifice, and Uncharted The Lost Legacy. This is a difficult category, yeah, uh, to say the least. Mark, kick things off here, please.
3: Um, I'm going to start with Mario Odyssey. Oh, my God. Jack
0: is booking his flights over here now to kick your ass.
3: (laughs) (laughs) And I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why. There are obviously, it goes without saying, moments in that game where it's a very, very pretty looking game. But there's also large parts of that game where the environment just looks almost sterile. Um, where deep breath, it's just Jack. Deep breath. Large parts of the landscape where there's just not a lot going on. Um, there seems to be like an additional layer of, of bloom that I had an issue with in the HD remake of Wind Waker. Um, it's obviously it's a very nice looking game but it's it's nothing more than you know i've seen in any other mario game so like it didn't it didn't pop to me uh in the way that say like breath of the wild has a kind of specific art direction that really kind of uh i kind of really resonated with or in the way that like not in the words or cuphead does um and like if you're gonna be Either you're going to be the most kind of prettiest looking game you can be, or you can have a, you're going to have to have a specific art direction that really kind of grabs me.
0: And Odyssey doesn't do either. Jack, your response.
2: Uh, <laughs> well,
0: <laughs> I'm I'm assuming you're not okay with this going off first.
2: I'm not because I don't think it deserves to in any way. I think it looks spectacular. I think yeah, I agree. All all modern open world games have bits of the landscape where there's not a lot going on except the differences in Mario I don't think that's a particularly fair thing to throw at it because the vast majority of levels have like 70 to 80 moons and there's usually some significance to some area of the map the only one I can think of is like the Sand Kingdom at the start as being like particularly having these wide open bits and even in that even even
0: then when when you go to the post game
2: yeah Exactly, yeah. but you have the jacksie to ride around there as well. Um, so that kind of doesn't. And, and I think the 2D bits where you go into 2D and yeah. stuff, like, that's a really that's... cool effect. And I had a really, genuinely... That's
3: a cool effect, but it's not what I would classify as, like, the prettiest thing I've seen in a video game this it's
2: year. It's
0: genuinely one of the coolest visual effects it's <laughs> it's in a game. Cool. That's what I I'm it's saying. charming.
3: I like it. I just, I don't. If I'm picking, like, what is going to win this category, it's not going to be Mario.
1: Uh, but, but like, but his little suit, his white suit with his hat. Yeah.
0: yeah. again, Pim bowser pimp Pimp-Suit-Bowser. The,
1: the, Mark, Mark have, the, dog, I, has, the
3: dog, dog has a hat. The dog does have a hat. I'm not disagreeing with you. If you want to have an award for best
2: game with a dog wearing a hat, I will give I that award. <laughs> I am with Where Barry. Where are those awards? Can we have this now? Surprise award. The best game for <laughs> dog with a hat <laughs> okay, 2017. Okay. Best.
0: Best. I will officially declare it here as chairperson of these awards. The best game with a dog with a hat in it for twenty seventeen is Super Mario Odyssey. <laughs> oh, okay. okay. Mark, you're you're meeting resistance here from everybody else Which on the is panel. Fine. Is it's there fine. We can come back do you, to it? Do you want to offer an alternate? Take your second swing as uh, you're allowed, I, or do you want to pass?
3: No, sure. I'll take a second swing. Um uh, Actually, you know what? I can't um, because you can make.
0: No, I'm not. I'm. I'm going to pass it on. Okay, <laughs> probably wise. There's like there's a lot of passion projects in this uh, category, so it's a it's it's a minefield. Uh, we'll go to Barry. You haven't talked. Uh,
1: I have one that jumps out at me here. Uh, great game, not ugly or anything, but. I'm curious to see who nominated this. I, I don't see Wolfenstein on this list at all. I'm
0: not going to fight you on it, but uh, I'll kind of explain it. I put it on because of some of the small visual things it does. Like It does look good, and like you said, it doesn't look um, ugly by any stretch of the imagination. But some of the small things that the game does visually... Um, were very very impressive to me not so much the art style just as kind of things that were conveyed through small uh, visual uh, flourishes um, I think and this is a weird thing to say out loud and being recorded knowing this could one day be brought up in the court transcript um, the blood <laughs> spatter is excellent <laughs> Um just the way like when you're gunning down the Nazis, particularly in close quarters, like on the U-boat or on the train in that game, and the way the, the blood sprays on and stays on your weapon or on your hands in it, I think is not to be discounted because um as we all know from like the the proper popular hackney joke about water in video games, trying to get like um You know, wear and tear or liquids uh, in a game is a hard thing to nail. So there's that. And then the small visual things, like, during the first act of that game, I'm not going to spoil it, during the first act of that game when... um, BJ is impaired somewhat. Uh, One of the the small, like there's some small things that they do, like not just the the obvious thing of having him in a wheelchair, so you having to negotiate that and how the the world looks as you're trying to amble around in a wheelchair and requiring you to think about how to look at your environment differently. But the, the small thing of when he's walking around and until a thing happens in the game, his hands never stop slightly tremoring. The entire time and it's just really small visual things like that but i think it's worthy of going on the list but i i will not fight you and i'll strike it off here
2: i agree i, I also think dave that the immersiveness of the environment is something they get on spot on as well like yep. y- especially that u-boat level that the the level of claustrophobia that they achieve and just genuine mm-hmm. fear in that is fantastic so i think that yeah. particularly is is impressive and obviously later bits in the game where shit goes crazy looks pretty amazing <laughs> too but we, we'll talk about that
0: i'm sure we'll be coming to best story um jack while we're with you strike something off here for me be well, a good lad.
2: i put it on the list because i think it deserved to be there but because of the nature of what it is which is essentially a tech demo for a much larger game to be released at a later date i'm i'm gonna take gran turismo sport off there i think i had already started
0: highlighting it as soon as you started talking i knew what you were going for
2: i think it deserves to be mentioned because i think if if you guys have seen much of it like it is it's just astoundingly beautiful the way it looks and it's something that gran turismo have always got right and I, you know, I like racing games. I'm not, like, a huge racing games guy like I kind of used to be when I was a kid. I would have Colin McRae and G- GT and, you know, everything. everything on the go, V-Rally, even anything. But um, I, I just, you know, from the, like, demo of this that, that I played and, and just watching other people, that it, it looks so good. But the, the thing, thing that discounts it for me is that it is. it's just... tech demo it's a prologue like they had a prologue before and you know there's going to be a much wider game with with much you know deeper things going on in it more cars etc etc so it deserves Mm -hmm. to be mentioned but i'm happy to strike it if everyone else is happy to strike it yeah
0: happy enough with that uh i'm going to make this next one short and simple um i'm going to sacrifice one of my children here one of the ones that i i nominated um it's a game that was worthy of being put on the list. I think it's it, inc- incredible visually. Um, I think it's got its own cool, kind of grimy style. I, I think it's it's visceral in a way that other games on this list aren't. But if we're going to look at the way we came down last year, deciding an Overwatch and Hyperlight Drifter was, is it the most uh, jaw dropping in terms of visual fidelity on this list? I don't think it is uh, or does it have the most unique art style remaining on the list and i don't think it does so for that reason i'm going to nix resident evil i think that's fair um i i love that game so much and we'll talk about it later but I, i i don't think it is the knockout winner here so i'll just sacrifice it
1: there are there are bits of it that where it is almost well. There's small bits of it where it's almost PT like. They've got a great, really well realized house. In in obviously it's very twisted and, and weird in some ways, but mm. it it is a great looking game. But yeah, I, I don't know that it uh, it it hangs per se.
3: Uh, we're back to Mark. So there's two 2D games here. I'm gonna pick the one out of the two that still. Does have a, a a unique art style to it, but if I'm going to pick one of the two, it's not going to be this one. So I will next night in the woods.
1: Uh-huh. Which I think is a, you, it's a really cool woman. looking
3: game. I do really like the way that that is is presented, and it kind of fits with the, the style and the, the tone of, of the story and that it's got just a kind of a quirkiness to it. But it's not as as immediately striking um, or as interesting or unique as some of the other uh, games on this list.
1: I think I think that's fair, and I think I think as well. I mean, the the other one on the list here, obviously, is Cuphead. Is I think as if as far as two D animated games, I, I I don't know that it necessarily hangs with Cuphead, which like looks like revolutionary in some ways. It's a really great looking game, but yeah, I guess I guess Night in the Woods this isn't going to hang, but it does it does look gorgeous, Barry. I'm wondering I'm wondering if this is controversial. I don't necessarily think it is Uncharted.
0: Yeah, uh, that would be it's the one like I a, would be most mad about of the ones I've played.
1: In general, that I, I was kind of not not disappointed enough to put it in the disappointing category, but I thought that one was kind of just it was the most okay Naughty Dog thing I've ever you know ever. It's like mm. um, it, it was very much a greatest hit. It, it on a technical front, it was probably the best looking game on this. Uh, on this list, but obviously this isn't a, you know, a purely technical award. Um, I think the setting was kind of um, generic Uncharted, um, uh, yeah. which didn't help it, um, but I mean, it, it does look phenomenal. It, it's it's all the foliage, all the water affects the mud. I mean, there's a lot of, it was great in Uncharted 4, so they used even more of it here. There is a big-ass extended open-world section where you're just driving through some wet mud, and it looks great. Right. Facial animations are, are, are tremendous Really help tell the story It yeah. is a gorgeous looking game But I feel like it's it's kind of something we've seen before yeah. and, and it doesn't it doesn't wow like it used to Especially yeah. when it's, it's playing with the same uh, Palace and tool set as the yeah. last Uncharted that,
0: game That, that was going to be my next one Because my, my thing was uh, Uncharted 4, which looks exactly the same Didn't win last year So why yeah. would we have changed, changed our mind All of a sudden under stiffer competition Yeah um, Okay, uh, Jack.
2: Wow, this is tough now. Um, yeah, I guess I kind of want someone to defend it because I've only seen like bits of gameplay and screenshots. Um, Hellblade.
1: Barry. Yeah, that was uh, that was my baby. I put on there. So Hellblade. I think in general, I don't know that it necessarily hangs with these other things. It's a good-looking game. I think the one truly excellent thing it does is. It's possibly the first ever that I can recall um, totally serious and earnest use of full motion video in a game that's not embarrassing. Uh, yeah. I know FMV has kind of had a renaissance as a kind of ironic jokey thing, which is great. I, I you know things like roundabout and stuff like that have been a whole lot of fun. Um, so basically, of turnover. Dave Lang's turnover. Um, uh, you know, it's 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 been great. But so Hellblade has um, uh, really great facial tech. First of all, the, the the main character is animated really fantastic, and there are certain scenes where she's having you know visions or memories of characters from her past, where the the memories are acted out by actors in front of a green screen, and and the way they, they do it is basically they put kind of just enough filters and kind of blurring effects and things like that on it. That it's not, you know, jarring and uncanny valley. It's it's really impressive the way they pull it off. It's like wow, I'm, I'm watching like just totally stony faced, dead serious FMV in a video game, and it's not embarrassing. And um, they even hinge the final one of the final monologues in the game that, towards its ending is delivered via FMV. And again, it doesn't look like this, inter- you know, terrible uh, fake looking thing. It's actually pulled off incredibly seamlessly. I think it's a real achievement. Um, but the rest of the game is just a good-looking, slightly grey action game. So I, I, I think that can go. But I think it's, I think what it accomplishes is super cool.
2: Okay. Yeah. So Thanks for look giving look it like a good tribute that, because off. I couldn't really do it myself. Yeah. No, of course. I think um, I think that,
1: I knew that coming into this, that, that I was going to be the one on. I, I'll be dying on many a Hellblade hill, perhaps on this on this this series of shows.
0: Um. Right, so it's me next um, Good luck uh, I think and I'm sorry Jack
2: I think you're going to say goodbye to Super think, Mario Odyssey Yeah, it's fair now it, It's fair for it to go now
0: Yeah, I, I think I, I fully supported Jack the first time keeping it on, but I think now looking at what remains on the list here I can't in all good conscience say that it looks better than any one of these three games that Absolutely remain, so. fair
2: but there was no way I was letting it go that early. No way.
1: Mark.
3: All right, so we've got three, three interesting uh, choices here in Horizon Zero Dawn, Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild, and Cuphead. So we're kind of got, we've got one which is purely on the, the technical side. We've got one which is like a combination of the technical side and the art direction. And then we've got one that is actually it's on the technical side and the art direction as well, but very much focused on the art direction um i don't know how to go about approaching this because it, it um, i mean obviously it was all subjective but it gets really really subjective at this point on what is your okay. preference in terms of what you're looking for at the winner of this so what i will start with is um for those who have played horizon zero dawn talk to me about just how graphically impressive this game is technically
0: um, sorry yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll give you the office
1: uh, yeah, I love Horizon. So Horizon is one of those like few, and, and I never do this, but it's one of those few open worlds where I really just liked going through it and observing it. It was a very rare fast travel game for me. Um, uh, they, they've uh, got this very weird kind of um, uh, uh, culture they built up in the game Where I I I don't think this is a spoiler. I think this is yeah. I think this is like the premise of the game. I think this is okay. It's like society has collapsed and is rebuilding, but not in not in a post apocalyptic zombie kind of way. It's like they've fully collapsed and are starting again. And basically, there's new tribes of people, but they're like you know they kind of have a a sort of Native American uh, aesthetic going on, but like made out of like man made plastics, like their headdresses and stuff like that. Um, because obviously it's post modern society, so so they've got a very it's got a very unique look about it, as well as the technical aspect. I think I think the world is like legitimately awe inspiring. They have um, obviously the spectacle of all the, the giant robot dinosaurs, which just look uh, incredible, and and the sense of scale on them is really fantastic. Um, what's the other word for a Horizon that that's escaping me at the moment? Like a sunset, something a
2: uh, um... landscape, vista perhaps. <laughs> a vista! A
1: vista! There it is! God <laughs> damn! It's like, there. there is so many great moments where, where you'll kind of come to a new area and you'll pull focus and it, it as well as like looking really great up close it's also like really technically impressive because it's important to remember yeah. when you look at a screen cap of this game and how gorgeous and detailed it is, this is a big open world game and you know, I, when you first get to the kind of desert area of the, of, of the map, you're kind of coming over a mountainside and you, you get to the top and you look over you survey this area you're about to enter and that's the first place where you see the kind of flying or the big kind of scary flying robot dinosaurs you've got a couple of them in the air you can see a tribe in a distance and you've got these vast 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 stretches of like dusty desert um it it feels like one of those games where it, it's like the E3 demo actually kind of delivered on what you were expecting the only downside i found was that um the facial animations were like really inconsistent some of them are like tremendous and some of them are really wooden and 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 feel like they almost feel like the developers kind of ran out of time with them or something like that um so 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 that is a problem but other than that i think it is a uh, one of the most impressive looking games on this on this generation of consoles so far um, uh, and there's there's tons of little touches like um, sections with uh, flower petals flying through the air, and, and you know you're having a conversation with an NPC, but are like you know there's, there's, there's um you know the petals are blowing by the characters, constantly making it feel like the kind of scene is like actually alive, and, and you're in the real world. You haven't entered into a, a sort of a fakey kind of you know like a Bethesda RPG style dead faced conversation. It's got a lot going on. It's got a lot going on um yeah. and i think it's i i not just immediately i i kind of think my ideal scenario for this would be a tie with with this and copied
3: so i was going to say this um because out of the two that i've played now when i originally saw breath of the wild and from the beginning up until the moment i finished that game i thought huh. This looks like a Studio Ghibli game but mm-hmm. one that actually is good as compared to Nino Kuni which was not um Oof. and it it it's it's, it's, not. it's just, <laughs> but this like from that. the moment from get go to the end um it absolutely nailed what I thought it was going to be um in terms of just yeah just really capturing that um spark and and uh kind of wonder and splendor of yeah. a, a Studio Ghibli uh, film um now with that said for some reason still grass that just fucks up the frame rate but that's just an issue in every game but i will still out of the two genuinely put my hand on my heart and say that the 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 quality and the style and direction of cuphead has won me over more than anything else that i played this year so if i'm going to pick one of these three i will pick to take off the list legend of zelda fight Uh, i will
0: If I had to pick one as someone who admires Horizon Zero Dawn quite a bit, I would still pick it to go off. Um, Mark, again, said, like, the Studio Ghibli stuff, the fact that, like, a a lot of that game feels like you're walking through this beautiful cartoon or painting. Um, Horizon Zero Dawn is an incredibly technically proficient game, um, and uh, there are points at which I'm in genuine awe, but... There's only two of these three games that routinely things I would see and the way the game was directed from an artistic point of view, literally with no pun intended, took my breath away. And that's Cuphead and Zelda. Um and my thing I know Barry said he'd love a tie between Cuphead and Horizon, but my dream here is a tie between Cuphead, which is an obvious uh, revolutionary game in terms of art direction, and Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild, which in a lot ticks a lot of boxes for me as one of the just the just the most amazing games. Jack, what do you think?
2: I'm probably gonna disappoint you here, Dave. Um I think uh, oh. I think I largely agree with um, with what Barry said and and what Mark said, and I think Legend of Zelda also looks amazing, and I was blown away by the vistas hey. Uh, hey. and and stuff in that, and just the idea of there's a thing over there, I can go explore it, and and it just looking amazing and in, incredibly immersive the second you you're dropped into the game. But Horizon Zero Dawn, just the 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 mixture of like overgrown wildlife. Mm-hmm. And like the big robot dinosaurs, yeah. like there's no better way of describing yeah. it. Than oh that. yeah, this is the Frozen Wilds. Have you seen Frozen Wilds DLC? Yeah, it looks just incredible. Like yeah. I, the whole thing to me. If if I had to vote out one now, I I would probably now take Zelda off, and I would yeah. leave Horizon and Cuphead as the last. Yeah, yeah is so, is Zelda
1: kind of doesn't really do a whole lot for me. I think it looks nice. I do think it looks nice, but um, yeah. yeah the, I the, think the we're wor-
0: down to the point where there are so many games that look so good this year that really those three it is a matter of individual taste, I think. Mm. Uh, and if we have to eliminate one, then obviously like I'm, I'm voted on, on Zelda and I'm happy for a tie between the other two. Well, oh, I, don't oh, even yeah.
1: know, I don't even know oh. that we nec- necessarily has to be a tie. I mean, oh, yeah, I could okay. totally get on yeah. board with Cophead just winning.
0: Okay, yeah. I could do that as well.
3: Because... Because fucking Cuphead, man. Like, <laughs> fucking hell. I mean, a lot of time if Cuphead's
2: going to win a category, it should absolutely be this one.
3: Like, I mean, no you talk about, um, I think it was Brad Shoemaker talking about when he first saw Cuphead, like he was just walking around a, a, a conference floor and he just kind of turned his eyes to the side and was like, what the hell is that? And like the first time you saw a trailer for Cuphead, you're like, what, what, what is that? And, you know, the game took seven years or whatever to make. And every single fucking minute of it was worth it to get what we ended up with. Yeah, um, sure. yeah. I, I, okay. I can't not argue. I, I, I can't then, argue for anything other than Cuphead no, winning.
0: Well, with three people then, that there's no real yeah. the, the vote was a formality, uh, really, unless... Jack, what would you voted for between Horizon and Cuphead, I just for the record? Um
2: I gotta go with Cuphead, man. It it just cool. it just looks incredible. Like it's Unanimous amazing it is, to me. It, it looks like watching like the heyday of Disney animations. You know, like the real golden age yep. before everyone realised what a heel um, Walt Disney was. So it <laughs> it kind of really will take you back through to there. And I just think that, Perfect. as as I said earlier, if there's going to be a, a category that Cuphead deserves to win. It has to be the best looking because it really is of the things that have like smacked you in the face. This one smacked me in the face the most because I'm like, how the fuck have they done this? Like Horizon Zero Dawn, I love it; it's amazing. I've seen games that kind of have similar looks, if not like exactly the same. Whereas Cuphead, I look at it and I'm like, nope. How the fuck have they done this?
0: Yeah. Okay. So unanimous it is best looking game of 2017. Cuphead. Right. Old Game of the Year, which is the best game that was released originally before 2016 and got a port this year. Kind of the uh, best excuse to replay an old game award. This one probably will will go uh, much quicker than other ones. Our nominees are Windjammers, Wipeout Omega Collection, Undertale, Downwell, Final Fantasy XII, The Zodiac Age, Mario Kart 8 Deluxe, L.A. Noire and South Park The Stick of Truth. Um okay uh, um, we'll start with Barry uh, I'll
1: say Downwell should probably come off here uh, I don't know there's anything wrong with that version of it I think I just think the best way to play Downwell is on a phone
3: yep I, I put it on there I love that game um, that's absolutely fair um, it is a bit ridiculous game. to play that on the console controller but um yeah it's it's about as kind of one-to-one a port you can have of a game because of what it is um but hey it's more ways to play it and that's that's all that matters for me with that
0: cool and nice and painless uh jack
2: um i'm gonna go with stick of truth yeah i'd go the same and Uh, i i i
1: i I popped it on there i am totally fine with it going I thought it was very cool that that Ubisoft included that. That's part of why I bought Fractured but Whole. Oh, I thought that was a cool thing for them to do.
2: Yeah. yeah, I I really I really liked it. Um, but it it you know it was stick of truth. Like so, there's not much more of an element that changed to it, and it it's a good game, but it's exactly the same. Basically, there was no like wrinkle yeah. added to it or anything to make it cooler. Hey,
0: okay, I'll I'll go next. Um, I will take off. If for no other reason than it's not the 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 most beloved of its canon, and they haven't really kind of like done a lot to it, they they simplified some of the dialogue options in it, which makes it a bit easier. Which thanks for that. Um, but I'm going to take off La Noir here because uh, I don't I don't think it's the outstanding winner in the category, so I might as well just get rid of it now. I'm not that precious about making sure it finishes late.
1: I like I like the the changes they made to that dialect thing. Also, like it has negative points for not being able to fit on a switch.
0: Yeah, yeah, true. Um, that leaves Mark.
3: So I put it on here. Um, I think I put it on here. I can't even remember. I didn't play the port, but I played the original version because it's a great game. Um, I don't think. It's necessary for this to win the award, yeah, they's already on it Undertale, like it's <laughs> it's it's an, an incredible game, um but it's you know again, it's basically a one to one port really because there's not exactly a lot going on with it um it's just it's another way for people to play a game that people should play, which hey yeah. that's cool, um back
0: to Barry mm. um half of these decisions will upset Jack.
2: Mm. Uh, <laughs> I like how you think I'm just like the triggered guy. Like I'm constantly in by everything. I, I,
0: I think it's that. Like I think it's that because we know each other so well, Jack. That I know exactly what hills you're going to die on. And oh, there's I, one Mark hill
2: has... that I will fucking die a death on. Yeah. Uh,
0: and there's, I... there's there's one that Mark will die a death on, but it's not in this category. So <laughs>
1: uh, I. Uh, think all things Final Fantasy suck, so I'll, I'll go for that one.
2: <laughs> oh, come <Ooh>. on, man.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I've that's never most, enjoyed a single broken. Final Fantasy thing I've ever, I've
3: ever touched. It's the most broken <laughs> I've ever heard, Jack. <laughs> <laughs> it was
2: just...
0: Disappointment of the year was Barry. <laughs>
3: <laughs> ah, no, to be I fair... Mean, if you fair. pause the TV, I... you can see the moment that his heart was <laughs> broken. But, Jack, <laughs> to be fair, I
1: don't know anything about this uh... game or the this... story. I, I, so...
3: I, so I know you came on the show um, at some point, Jack, and I remember you talking about it, but um, like reiterate, because 12 is not a Final Fantasy game that I have any uh, connection with at all, but like, right. talk to me about the... Because Final Fantasy remakes are hit and miss. Like The mobile ports are all yes. trash. Um yes. Like, but when they just kind of do like a basic port of like uh, Final Fantasy VI for another platform, it's fine. Um, but talk to me about like doing this as a kind of up-res version of the PlayStation Two game.
2: Yeah. So the thing is with Final Fantasy XII, and I think the reason it didn't get on a lot of people's radar is because it came out literally less than a month in EU slash PAL region before the PS3 was released. So it was like the last big PlayStation 2 release, possibly because it was late, or definitely because it was late in Final Fantasy. Um, And I don't think it really got the attention that it deserved. Now, it would have got a bit more because when PlayStation 3 came out, it cost £4 billion. um, And Sony immediately figured that out. And uh, it took them a while to bring it down, but yeah. So the thing I love about Final Fantasy XII, the Zodiac Age, is that when we got Final Fantasy X HD remaster and stuff, it it was really good, but it was pretty much the same game. Um, It looked a lot nicer. But in this, they've not only made it look absolutely beautiful, and by the way, if you go and play the original Final Fantasy XII on the PlayStation 2, it looks better than... Probably half of the early playstation 3 re- like releases it's amazing, but it it's amazing upscale brilliant they've they kind of re orchestrated all the music so they've like made it like with different instruments and like sound bigger and wider and the mix is a lot better, not to mention the fact that they've revolutionized the in game system so in the first game, one of your characters could pretty much do any job um like and switch between using different things and had a, a similar system to what was the sphere grid in Final Fantasy X, which is following like a path where you activate different nodes to get different like things. Whereas in this game you get to choose two different jobs and that makes your characters vital for different boss fights. So, like, what I find in a lot of Final Fantasy games, like, I don't know about you guys, obviously not Barry, (laughs) but um, is, is the fact that you tend to have your guys or your girls that you use and you don't have to go any further with any of the other characters whereas the thing I liked about this is different bosses would offer different challenges therefore you would need to use different parts of your party therefore you would train different parts of your party and I kind of think that's an ingenious system and the coolest part of it all is they added like a hundred level boss rush style whole other part of the game where you play like different versions of the in-game bosses that present different challenges. They'll have like different levels of HP and stuff. And by going through that, you can unlock different rewards and stuff that you then use in the main game. And it's a way of getting really rare items, such as a ribbon, which prevents any status ailments and stuff. Like a little bit earlier, if you if you can master the way to do it and therefore it kind of benefits you like in the game so So they've added like a whole bunch of stuff to it and i i just think the way it looks compared to the original in addition to all the stuff that they've added makes it deserve to be at least a little bit higher than getting eliminated and i totally get it barry like there are games that i don't particularly enjoy either where i'm just like i don't get what the big deal is with this and like That that doesn't upset upset. me, but I just this. I know I'm the only one of the four that really, really enjoys this. And you know what? No, you've
1: you've you've given a convincing argument. I will say.
2: Yeah. Um, The 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 thing is as well, Final Fantasy, the last Final Fantasy game, fifteen, was really fucking disappointing. Like looking back at it um, with a sort of hindsight. I liked it at the time, but the more I think about it, the more it hammers home to me that it's not really what I fully enjoyed from a Final Fantasy game. Whereas when I played Twelve again, it just was like, this is great and it's an open combat environment and they use it in the right way as opposed to Final Fantasy Fifteen, where you're just mashing buttons over and over again. This you can set up, you know auto moves and stuff like that and it's just a really good game that didn't get the audience it deserved the first time around so if anything it's kind of like a tribute to the fact that it was a great game that no one really picked up to bring this out again because on the face of it it seemed like a weird move from square um but playing it loved it much better game than final fantasy 15 and i think they probably won a lot of people (laughs) over by bringing it out so, yeah. I mean, if you guys are all like, it's got to go, it's got to go. But I, I had to... No, least... I, I, I'm
1: happy to keep it there for a while. I, I'll, I'll take that rebuff and I'll go for something here that I just haven't played. I don't even know if it's a good port. I like the games, but uh, what, what do people make of the Wipeout um, pack?
0: I really, forte,
3: <laughs> really, really liked uh, this uh, edition of Wipeout, because here's the thing. Uh, I think this is pretty much it for Wipeout now. I don't think we'll, we will ever see um, any out. kind of uh, yeah. Nah. Uh, I don't think we'll see kind of any version of this game again um, because we had there was Wipeout HD, I think, on the PS3 and beta, and now yep. there's this collection, and yeah, that I, this is the it, it. Um, and it's a, it's a great swan song. Um, it. I, thinking about it, I don't know why I didn't put it on the nominations for best looking game because it's a really fucking pretty looking game. Any of those types of futuristic races, they have to find that combination of being super pretty, but also you have to be able to go super fast uh, and, and finding that, that balance and the, the, the technical style of managing the both of those. Um, and where you will have like the F-Zero series, which tackles that by usually... Just stripping away a lot of the background environment. Uh, that's just not the case with Wipeout. There's so much going on in the background. Um, there's a bunch of modes that I don't care for in Wipeout. Like, I just like the kind of straight up bracing. Um, uh, and that feels good. It feels kind of weighty. Um, and there's a good challenge to it. Uh, out of these, like, I mean, to be honest, it's the one I played the most. I barely even touched the, the Windjammer's port. Um, and Marikar 8 is an interesting one because it's where I've Why kind of are mentioned are just
0: insistent on breaking Jack's hair? Well,
3: no, we move no. from Final <laughs> Fantasy. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. Because, like, with the other three that you and have my at heart, least... My lad. No, but with the other three, there's at least a story to them in that you've got one which is um, a, a release of a game that, you know, hasn't been released in like 25 years or so. You've yeah. got one which is a HD collection of a bunch of games which is, you know, this is it for that series now. And then you've got uh, a remake and everything Jack has said about Final Fantasy XII, where with Mario Kart 8, it's just it's the game that was on the wii u but now on the switch with all the dlc and stuff included yeah. and don't get me fucking wrong i love Eight, but it's kind of the least interesting out of the ones that are left do you, do you know what you,
0: you didn't have me on board but that is um that last point there is is excellent and apt
2: do you know what, Dave? Ah. It's a fair argument, because it was actually the argument that I was making in my own head when I was defending the shit out of Final <laughs> Fantasy twelve. It's like, I'm, I'm sure every one of us has played Mario Kart 8. I'm sure, like, every one of us has enjoyed the hell out of Mario Kart 8. But what is Mario Jack, Kart 8? you have played
3: a lot of Mario Kart 8.
2: Yeah, exactly. We are, we are we Roy's it. boys. We are Roy's boys. I still, to this day, use Roy, because he's a fucking purple dinosaur that isn't Barney, and that's awesome. But like it, it's just Mario Kart Eight. There's no additional anything. It has the DLC in it, but everyone bought the DLC anyway. Because what else are you going to spend hey, some it's money got, on? The it's Wii got U. Ba-
0: it's got a battle mode that isn't terrible.
3: It does yeah. have that, but I've also not played it. Um, it's because not. It was
2: terrible. In Wii U, but it's not great.
0: Yeah, it's good. Is where it's at, but yeah, I if if you're willing to to let it go, Jack, I I'm willing to let it go as well. As much as I love Mario Kart, it looks is, is 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 that good with you, Barry?
1: Oh, I, oh that that seems that seems. I thought that was going to win because I love that version of Mario Kart, and plus it's like, I think it's a great game for this category because it's a game that got new life. Or arguably a first life on this new console because it just didn't. <laughs> yeah, not wrong. They just didn't. It <laughs> yeah, just didn't that. have one before. I remember I, I played Mario Kart on the Wii U, and I was like, "This is effing great!" Why? had a friend of mine, obviously, I didn't own one. Um, um I played it. He said, like, "This is great." Why isn't this the hot new multi-local multiplayer thing? I was like, "Well, because because he's the one person I know who had, who had a Wii U." Um, so and like I've played, I have played maybe like fifty hours of this new one. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, or not I think, this new one, but this version of it.
3: I, I think for me, uh, and possibly the other two are the same, uh, is that like I got all of my Mario Kart 8 out with the Wii U, so like yeah. the Switch version, That's, so like, yeah,
0: it's still I, a great game, but I, you know. I, i played like maybe 50 60 hours on the wii u and i think my game clock on the switch because it haunts me at times but the switch does keep a game clock of how much you've played certain things i think i've only racked up about five maybe 10 hours of mario Kart 8 deluxe now i, I racked up some of it um on someone else's switch but that doesn't really matter um i
2: went in three starred all the tracks again because i'm insane
0: yeah like I, I and if i had the so... game i would do that as well don't worry <laughs> yeah i totally because i played so much of it on wii u um and i do love this game dearly and barry's arguments make a lot of sense as well
2: can we just talk about wind jammers for a second
0: oh oh we'll get to motherfucking windjammers son but uh i, I, I <laughs> let's think let's see some vitriol um, from your end i, I, I in in a in a very uh, rare occasion, Mark has convinced me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll, I will I'll, take that victory. I'll, I'll vote to knock Mario Kart eight out here. Sorry, Barry.
1: No, it's all good. I get it. Uh, so, okay. so Dave, have you played the new Windjammer? Because yes. I was I all excited it. for it, and I just I never got around to getting yes. to, to get into it.
0: So. Uh, for the uninitiated, Windjammers was a Neo Geo game, from as Mark said about twenty five years ago, but um, kind of like was forgotten in history. It's this flying disc volleyball sort of game um, yeah. that was on the Neo Geo, and then pre- it was pretty much Giant Bomb that single handedly brought it back into the public consciousness, as far as I am aware.
1: Yeah, they had a they had a, a like there there was a hardcore seed for it. Uh, But, like, very hardcore, very niche. I think, yeah, I think John Bob did bring it back into the four a little bit.
0: Um, And it got re-released on on PlayStation. And like Mark said, uh, the best old game of the year, uh, part of it is about the story of how the the game came to be. And of all these, this is the one that's most out of left field. Because it's not unheard of for a Final Fantasy game to get a port or a re-release. Wipe out. Getting like a collection of the old games put out on a new console, so you'll stop annoying us about making a new one, is kind of part and parcel. Sony at this point, Case and Boyd Crash Bandicoot, um, but Windjammers. Yeah, how did is this that game, not make it came, it on here? This game came because from. They fucks it. This game came from relative obscurity because, like Barry said, there's a very small niche community, and it came back in, and they they brought the game. It looks so good. Like it's surprisingly good for a Neo Geo game stretched out onto modern HD TVs, and on top of that, they added uh online leaderboards and multiplayer. Uh, with from everything I've played now, I could be wrong, it could be different now, but from the week or so where I was playing it a good bit, um, a pretty good net code, um for that game so it was enjoyable to play online so in terms of re-releasing something um that is an old game that you wouldn't have necessarily thought of and adding something to it uh, windjammers here is my 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 baby on this list so i i will vote to get rid of final fantasy
2: i vote wipeout and i love wipeout and i find that hard (laughs)
1: <laughs> I I I was compelled by everyone's arguments on here. I'm impartial. I haven't played any of these things.
0: Okay, Mark.
1: Uh, I feel like I feel like I was most compelled by Jack's argument for Final Fantasy. If I'm being honest.
0: Okay,
3: Mark. Uh, I would say out of the three of them, in terms of the most that has been done to it, it probably actually is Final Fantasy. But yeah. in terms yeah. of just the fact that the fucking thing exists in 2017 on a console, like and the story behind Windjammers I am on board with Windjammers Out yeah. uh, of the three of them, obviously the one I've played is Wipeout. Um but I I will actually I will concede Wipeout. Um, okay, because it's <sighs> It's sad. It's it's more it kind of is in actually in the, the, the disappointing side of things that it's the last we'll kind of see of that uh, of that game and that franchise. Um and you know, I had a really long conversation with friends at Show Peter Wilmington about Wipeout. Uh, and it's a really underappreciated game that I probably will have to do a book club on at some point. Um But Agreed. it doesn't have enough, I think, uh in terms of being like a, well, it's a port, but you Know it doesn't have enough compared to what Jack has brought in favor of Final Fantasy and just the fact that Wind Jammers exists. So at this point, yeah, I, I will leave it up to these last two to, to fight it over.
1: Um,
3: and by that, so I mean Wind Jammers wins.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you vote Wind Jammers. I, I mean, I kind of
3: have to just buy you
1: know, um, one I are- played.
0: Are you staying impartial, Barry, or are you casting a vote here?
1: Uh, I I casted for uh, Final Fantasy. I thought I thought Jack had a great point, point.
0: and Jack presumably you are sticking.
2: Imagine if I just turned heel on myself. <laughs> <laughs> That'd <would> be great. <laughs> no, I I Dave like Windjammers. The, to me, the the cool thing about it is the story of it. But it's just kind of air hockey, Jack. You I know, was for a
3: second amazing. now I was thinking maybe I'll I'll go on your side, but you said it's just air hockey, and you just
2: yeah. <laughs> oh, how misleading are you, my friend? Oh, yeah. compared to Final Fantasy, I'm just it's I, uh, th- that's that not that is... the best
3: argument you can make to me. <laughs> yeah, really? Like think
0: think about who you're talking to, Jack.
1: <laughs>
2: yeah, no, I mean, fair enough. Okay, I, I like Final me. Fantasy VI, but come on oh mate <laughs> final fantasy 6 is a great game but yeah uh okay fine i retract my it's a hockey thing but it, it it is it is a kind of a hockey but it's super fun um
3: <laughs> i will actually say this um wind jammers like this port it it didn't blow up like i was thinking it might
0: do i didn't think wind jammers was good. like because we're in a we're kind of in a bubble here where like uh, we were, is, is we were hyped like, for windjammers. But... Have I just done
3: a Brian Alvarez in a wrestling bubble? Yeah. Kind of thing I, right, I okay. think
0: unless you're someone who like follows people who like windjammers intently, I don't think you still know that windjammers came out. That's a fair point. I, I, yeah, sure. Um, so we'll, we'll leave that uh, as a tie. And I think I, I'm pretty happy with, with that as a, as a tie. Cause I,
3: no, Ty's pissed me off. Final Fantasy wins. There. Oh, God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> <Okay>. oh,
2: yes.
0: <laughs> it just could not be a heel. Right. Okay. So the winner of Old Game... I was expecting game... Barry
2: to turn heel on me as well. <laughs> no, no. Of course not. <laughs>
0: Make it a tie uh, the, the winner of Old Game of the Year, uh, thanks to Judas Robinson, is Final Fantasy XII The Zodiac Age.